Hey guys, today's topic might ruffle some feathers. And listen, I am perfectly okay if it does, because if this helps a fellow entrepreneur, if this helps a small business owner who is trying to grow her business and see the next level of opportunity and see that next revenue threshold, listen, I am here for it. The topic is volunteering. And I think it's a really, really, really unexplored topic for entrepreneurs. Because on the one hand, part of the reason that probably many of you want to grow your businesses, you want to earn more money in your companies is you want to give back and you want to give back in a meaningful way. And you want to have the time to be able to give back to the causes that matter to you. And you want to have the physical energy because you're not always working right to be able to give back. But at the same token, when you're on your way growing to those stages and you're on the way getting ready to arrive and do the work to lay the foundations for your business to get to that stage, I'm betting you're asked on a regular basis to volunteer for different organizations or different causes. And I think as entrepreneurs, we need to be given questions to help us discern a little bit deeper than just is this something that I want to do, right? There's the surface question when someone asks you to volunteer, do you want to do it? You can say yes, you can say no. But when you're an entrepreneur, I think you need to ask a few other questions. Because if you make this commitment to volunteer, you're going to give up mental energy. Yes, I said it. Mental energy as well as physical energy that's going to take away from the growth of your business. And if you're gonna make that sacrifice, then you better be able to discern the value of what you get out of it. And I've got two really good questions. I've got a story or two to throw in today to help you understand how I started thinking about these questions and how I hope you can apply them to what it is that you're doing with both where your heart will probably be at of you know volunteering and giving back and supporting community causes that matter to you. But then also this big question of how do I grow this business? With the limited time and the limited resources I have, how do I really grow this business and make this business this next level thing that I know that it can be? So let's dig in. So first, I wanna start with a stat that I, I see very frequently these days, and I think it's something that's important for us to dive into. There is a real big push by the media right now to focus on the idea that a lot of groups in the entrepreneurial space are really growing by leaps and bounds. There's new businesses starting every day. Right. So if I'm reading an article about women entrepreneurs, I'm definitely going to hear, oh, my gosh, there's more women entrepreneurs than ever, you know, that are starting up businesses. And that, by the way, is something that's been going on long before we hit covid or, you know, any of this new normal we're living in right now. And a big trend that's also risen that brings joy to my heart is seeing the number of black entrepreneurs, the number of black women entrepreneurs, the number of Latina entrepreneurs, you know, some of the more underestimated groups that often don't get the love. You're seeing more of these individuals start businesses and register them and get them up and going. And that's really exciting. Or is it? I am always excited when a fellow entrepreneur starts a business, but I'm also cautious because I know the amount of work and the behind the scenes labor that goes into getting to that point. And while it's really easy to look at the statistics of the number of people that have actually registered the business, right? Do you go behind the scenes and see how many hours and how much money it took them to figure out what was going to be the best legal structure? Um, How do I get the accountant that's going to support me best in this growth? Like all of the things behind the scenes that the statistics don't measure, are the things that make me cautious when I see those types of stats because it's too easy to gloss over some of the minutia 
And, and this is the biggest deal. Starting the business is one thing. Growing the company is a completely different beast. And if you don't have the resources, if you don't have the time, the bandwidth, and the technical assistance, I think that's a really big one. How do I do what I need to do faster, easier, you know, with more support, whatever that may be, then you can get caught very quickly in just the statistic of, well, I started my business, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm making money. And I think for a lot of underestimated entrepreneurs, I do think this question of volunteerism causes many of us not to grow our businesses. And yeah, I'll say that. I think that volunteering and not being discerning about our volunteering causes many of us to not grow our businesses. But what do you do about that, even if you know that that might be the case and you have a heart of service, you want to give back, you want to like that brings joy to who you are and your being and like life is not worth living if all you're going to do is like just go out here and make money, make money, make money. How do you balance both in a way that supports the growth of your business, but also supports that need to give back? So I've got two questions for you that I want you to consider the next time that somebody asks you to volunteer for something. The first question that I want you to think about when they ask you is, what is important for you about volunteering with this particular initiative, right? What's important for you personally? And listen, you know, on a surface level, there's probably a gazillion causes that are good for you to give back to. Right. And, you know, whether it's your, you know, your church or your local um, religious organization, your synagogue, your temple, your mosque, um, whether it's your community group, there's a group for kids, there's a group for elders, like, you know, the hospitals, there's a gazillion causes, right, that we probably need to give back to on a regular basis. But I want you to examine for yourself really closely. Why does that matter for you personally? And I want you to get really, really deep on that on a real ego level. And, and let me tell you why. I, when I, my younger years, when I first started my business, I was asked all the time to volunteer to speak. You know, a lot of people know that I do, that I deliver workshops, I deliver, you know, speaking events, trainings, facilitation. And so it was very common for professional associations or for different, um, you know, community minded groups that I would work with, that they would ask me to speak on different topics related to entrepreneurship. Now, for years, I did that because I thought that I prioritize giving back. And I really thought that it was important to make sure that I contributed to my community. So if someone was asking me to contribute to a cause, let's say for, um, you know, beautifying the community or, you know, maybe, um, I don't know, some of the pets or something. I actually have never been asked about that now that I think about that. Um, I may or may not contribute to those causes. But if it was about economic development, if it's about mentoring our youth, if it was about you know providing tools for people starting businesses, of course I was gonna do that. Like that's my thing, that's who I am. But I wanna challenge you to dig deeper than just your causes and the things you stand for and kind of the banner that you're raising about your world. Why is that so important? Why does that matter to you? get underneath the surface and get a little uncomfortable about it for a minute and get really, really, really honest. A couple of years ago, when I really stepped back and asked myself this question from a level where I was open to hearing whatever came up, what showed up for me is that 
I got huge value when someone recognized me and my talents and what I brought to the table when they asked me. Now, when you first hear that, you might think, well, that's really egotistical, Maya. And of course it is. (laughs) It totally is. And I'm going to own that. But I also know firsthand that until I got to the real core of why I volunteer, the real heart of the matter, the very thing that you probably wouldn't want to say out loud, but I'm saying it out loud now here to illustrate this idea for you, that then if you're not honest about it, when people come to you with good ideas, but they're not great, you're going to say yes to anything. And here's what stood out for me. What I started realizing is, is that sense of value, that sense of affirmation that I very often got from volunteering, there was a pattern that showed up around it. What would happen is, is that I would be working really, really hard in some area of my life. Let's say it was, you know, at the time when I was working or when I was running my business full time and you're on the go, on the go, on the go. And then someone asks you to volunteer. And because I hadn't been valuing myself enough, because I hadn't been taking time out for self-care, I hadn't been sleeping well, I hadn't been eating well. When somebody asked me to volunteer, it would immediately trigger that really, really, really deep need for me to feel valued and feel worthy. And I would say, of course, because I'd feel good. There's like a momentary hit that you get of like, ooh, they notice me, they recognize me. I feel really good about myself. Listen, I'm digging into the weeds of my own story here to be very, very vulnerable and personal with you because I want you to do the same thing for yourself. Because once you see what that real thing is for you, it gives you a completely different place to say yes on when you're now moving forward. Let me share with you what I mean by that. Now, years later, that I'm very conscious of that need, that desire that I have, if somebody asks me to volunteer for something and I know good and well, I haven't been sleeping regularly, I surely haven't been eating the way that I'm supposed to, and I'm running ragged, then I have to say no, even if it's the most amazing cause ever, because I need to take care of myself first in order to be able to give back at the level that people are going to want me to give back to. And listen, that's a hard one because that ask at the moment may be one of those like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is so amazing and so awesome. But I think we need to keep that real and honest. And I think we need to stop apologizing for it and saying no and feeling bad about it because you need to affirm some area of who you are and take time for yourself. But far too often, I think there's just a default of like, no, I'm busy, I'm busy, I can't do it, I can't do it. And we just don't get honest about, well, what's the real reason why you're digging in and you're saying no? What's the real reason why you want to say yes? Get really clear and really honest from a very ego-driven level. Why do you want to say yes? Why does it feel good to you? You very well might say yes. You might be taking care of yourself. You might be getting the type of sleep that you need and praying and meditating and doing all the things that help you stay centered to who you are. Awesome. Then when you come to give and volunteer, you're going to give back from a full cup. And are you kidding me? The experience is going to be amazing for everybody. But a lot of times we say yes without getting clear about who we are, how we show up in volunteering. And I want us to switch that. 
I want us to really start getting present to that and start asking those deeper questions. Why do I really say yes? What do I need out of this experience in order to feel valued, in order to feel like I'm making an impact? And are there other areas of my life that I need to address first before I say yes to this opportunity? You might very well need to, and that's okay. And I think you'll come from a different place then if you say no versus if you're just saying no by default and not examining those areas that need to be filled up, that need to be replenished, that need to be examined or um, supported in, a, in a just a different or a better way, right? And let me give you the second part to this questioning about should you say yes to the volunteer effort? The second piece is do you have systems, structures, processes in place for how volunteering shows up in your life? Hmm, this is a big one. Now, I wanna be crystal clear and give you a caveat. Don't try to answer this question and put a structure in place if you haven't addressed question number one. Far too often we go straight to trying to solve the problem, but we haven't gotten really clear on who we are in this experience. And I wanna challenge you, don't shy away from that first question, okay? You don't have to answer the question publicly like I just did with you. You can keep it totally to yourself, whatever ego-driven reason shows up for you, be honest and own it. And you don't have to tell a soul, okay? But do that work first before you get into this second part because the second part is very tactical, is very strategic, is very process and, and operations orientated. And it's gonna tap something that feels really good for a lot of us out here. And you're like, yeah, now I got a system, I got a structure, I have the specific language that I need to say, I have a hack, dare I say it, but the hack ain't gonna work, y'all, if you haven't done question number one, all right? So that's just my quick disclaimer on that. Do you have structures, processes, and systems around volunteering so that when someone makes the request of you, you have a place to fit it into the world and the work of what you do? I do think for volunteering, you need to put a system in place. If you actually want to volunteer, if you know like I do that the reason you got to the place you are in right now is because there were others behind you that volunteered and did things for you and for your well-being, people you may never know or may never see, right? And it's your job to contribute moving forward. Awesome. Put a structure around it. Put a process around it. Put a plan in motion so that it's not this random thing that shows up and then drives your entire schedule into chaos. So what might that actually look like? I was asked recently by a good friend of my, well, actually by a good family member, I should say, to volunteer for a speaking engagement next month. And when the offer first came in, I said, okay, cool, I'll look at it. Every month, I dedicate two hours of volunteer time in my world, in the work that I do, right? Like I set that structure in place a couple, probably about a year or so after I had my daughter, where I realized I'm not gonna be able to contribute in the same way that I used to in my single days, you know, single and no kids and your time is your time, but I still wanna give back. So what does that actually look like? And so I set this idea in motion of, okay, I'm going to dedicate two hours a month. And once those two hours are gone, they're gone. And you know that gives me a place of being able to say no from. Now, I personally had not gone through what I'm sharing with you in question number one, where I got clear about why I really do volunteer, but at least I had something in place, right? At least I had something to work with, which was the structure of two hours a month. So here's the challenge with that. Are the two hours the actual two hours that I'm showing up in person for? 
Does the two hours count the travel time that it takes me to get to the event if we're doing this in person? Which for the record, that's part of the discerning that I've gone through recently. If I'm not doing this virtually for the near future, I don't wanna do it because of this very reason. Is the two hours the prep time that I have to put in in order to prepare for the opportunity, right? So it's one thing when someone asks me to come to a food bank and I'm going to be, you know, boxing um, or packaging bags that are going to be given to the needy, right? I just have to show up and do the work. But if you're asking me to tap into my intellectual property, which is typically what people will ask you to do, you're asking me to be present for maybe a 10, 15 minute, 20 minute presentation. But do you understand the amount of hours that it took behind the scenes to get me there? Hmm. So ask yourself that question, what structures, processes, and systems do you have in place? I'd recommend that you start out with the basic one that I did, which is how many hours do you want to volunteer each month? Because it does give you at least a place to start from and a place to kind of put your stake in the sand around things so that when certain periods, like for example, I know that I get 10, I tend to get more of those types of requests as the months heat up as, you know, we get closer to, to the end of spring, early summer, because there's more events going on. So there's more opportunities to speak. And so it gets harder and harder to say no and no, if I don't have a structure in place that allows me to be able to say, okay, we've gone over the two hour mark. Yeah. And sometimes I go up on that. I may go up to four hours if I know that it's a really busy time and there will be many opportunities and I'm choosing to add extra time to my volunteer hours, but at least the hours gives you a way to get started with that. But I'm also going to recommend you dig a little bit deeper than that. Don't just take the time and then allow yourself to be wide open to all of the details behind the scenes of what that volunteering is going to look like right? So some of you automatically know where I'm going with this one. The minute someone asks you to speak or they ask you to volunteer to be part of their event, now they're the 600 phone calls that are going to have to happen in order to get the information from you that they need. How do you want to handle that? Now I will own on a recent conversation, I broke my own rule. So I want to be clear, you can put these structures and processes in place. And even with them in place, the rules are going to break. (laughs) But at least at least you have a place to be able to start from to kind of work with to improve rather than just letting your time just be wide open to everybody to be able to just jump in whenever they want and do things. So the quick example with this, one of the recent opportunities that I was asked to speak on is, you know, my family member asked me to speak for her organization. I reached out to the contact at the organization via email because that's my structure. I will have conversations with you all day via email versus us jumping on the phone and then we have to try to find a time when you're not busy with dinner and I'm not busy with my, you know, family and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like it can be this vicious game of phone tag that we're playing. So I reached out via email. I also sent a form about the actual event. So when I volunteer, I have a form that asks very specific questions. What is the date? What's the time, the location, things of that nature? Because from my perspective, I need that information in order to make the decision about can I actually do it? And then also to be frank, I don't wanna spend 600 hours going around and trying to figure out what to add to my calendar once I commit to doing it. It needs to be in there, it needs to be easy, and then this way I can spend the majority of my time actually focusing on preparing for the event rather than the back and forth with the 600 logistics. Well, y'all, I broke my own rule. The contact did receive the email. 
did notice that I sent a link to schedule time to be able to talk with me, did notice that I had the request form in there, the speaker request form in there, and didn't fill any of it out. Now, to be a thousand percent fair, when you're dealing with underestimated communities and you are personally strapped yourself, or meaning that that person rather is strapped themselves with resources to hire an assistant to do this type of work and you know set up all of these processes, listen, I understand it's a mess. I don't judge that. When the person tells you that information, I'm not here to judge that they didn't do this correctly and oh, well then they're not worthy. Not at all, not at all. That's bull crap. And I think we need to stop with that nonsense. But for me, I need to make a decision about how I wanna proceed with that. And I think that's the big thing to look at this conversation is that people can present to you what they're going to present to you and that's fine, but you need to have the structure and the system in place around how you handle these things so that you're not the one picking up all of the slack and doing all of the work trying to organize things that, to be frank, they just may not have the support to be able to come and present it to you in this very clean, organized fashion. And you know what? That's okay. You can decide about what that looks like. Now, I want you to really think about this. If volunteering matters to you a lot, what are the types of information that you would need in order to make that happen? What are the types of things that would make it easier for you to say yes, right? Assuming that you want to say yes, so that you could spend more time either at the event itself or doing whatever the volunteer activity actually is, rather than trying to get the behind the scenes details and things of that nature organized. So sit down and take time and think through these things and and put together whatever for you matters. Um, You might decide to set up something very simple where they need to fill out a calendar. They need to just send you the calendar event, you know, send you an invite that you can drop into your calendar. If you're like me and like my whole world operates around my calendar, I check my calendar, you know, my first thing of my workday to see, okay, what are the things that I have scheduled for the day? Because every day is different. And that may be the very thing that you need them to do is, hey, you need to send me a calendar invite with this information in here so that I can see how that fits into my overall schedule. And by the way, you can even do that before you agree to say yes to the event. I've sometimes, when I'm scheduling appointments or scheduling events, will step back and look at my calendar for the week or my calendar for the month with that actual invite in there. I I usually have done it for myself where I actually create the invite and look at it in there. And then you see, whew, Is that going to cause way too much extra work and too much burden in my life this month? It just very well might, (laughs) right? But when the person's asking you in the moment and you're feeling good about it and you love the person who's asking you, which by the way, that's a big one. The person who's asking you will have a major influence on what you say yes to. So find ways also to create structure and processes around how you say yes and how you say no to that person. So with this upcoming event where the person did not follow my processes, I'm going to say yes, but I have a structure around what that's going to look like. I'm not following up with this person again. I already called them. They have my email. They received the email. I know they got it. They got all of the details that I need. They need to fill the forms out. I actually make the forms really, really simple. And I also make it, you know, doable that you could sit down in two minutes flat and kind of like bang out all the criteria that's needed around this type of thing. But I also am very clear 
that if I need to go back to this person that asked me, this family member that asked me, and y'all, I need to be at the Thanksgiving table for the mac and cheese and all the other good foods that I know that go along with Thanksgiving. <laughs> so I'm not going to say no to my family member in this particular case. But I do have a structure around how to navigate this conversation moving forward so that I'm not going to be wasting time following up, following up, following up in order to get the details that I need to move forward. So I hope that these two questions for you really change how you approach volunteering in your business. I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, we do give a lot, right? Because we we care. If you're an entrepreneur that's in my orbit, there's no doubt in my mind that for you, earning money in this business is not just about so I can make more money. It's about you want to give back. You want to make an impact on your community. You want to make an impact on your family. So of course, volunteering matters for you. But I also think we need to take time to step back and to discern how does this fit into the goals that I have around growing my business? How does it support me, right? How does it support my development? How does it support the things that matter to me? Because there should be that element in there. And then also, what are the structures and processes that I have in place around that volunteering? I gave you two of mine, my number of hours that I spend, and then also the form that I have people fill out when they're interested in working with me. Now, that's not gonna make all of my volunteering moving forward stress-free. It just is not. It is what it is and that's okay. But I do know that when you start from that place and you have those thoughts in your mind, when you then have to make decisions on the spot, it changes the game completely about how you can communicate back to people if you're choosing to say no or if you're choosing to say yes you're gonna find yourself with way less stress in your life about these types of activities. You'll find yourself way more inclined to wanna even do them in the first place if you put these ideals in, you put these two questions in motion in how you process things and how you discern if you should or you shouldn't do it. And I think to be honest, it's gonna lead to way better outcomes for all of us about volunteering and being able to show up in the manner that I know you wanna be able to give back to. So I hope that this conversation brought some ideas to you, gave you some insights and some thoughts, and don't hesitate at all to share some comments or some ideas or some questions you even have about an opportunity where you've been asked to volunteer and you're thinking, I don't know, did I do the right thing? Uh, Maybe I should have thought about it this way or that way. Go for it and share those comments below this particular podcast. Have an amazing one, guys, and happy, happy cash flow.